Now that Christmas is over, all eyes, believe it or not, are on St. Patrick's Day and the parades uh, across Limerick City and County, including uh, in uh, the heart of the city itself. Uh, And questions, however, have been raised about Limerick's Christmas offering and how other major festivities in Limerick compare to cities around the country. And a metropolitan meeting of Limerick City and County Councillors took place this week where a number of suggestions were brought up on how to improve the city's offering. And Labour Councillor Joe Ledden joins me now in the studio. And you're very welcome, Joe. Good morning to you. Good morning, uh, Joe. uh, Great to be back in the studio. Good morning to (laughs) you. Absolutely. Good to see you. And uh, Fine Gael Councillor Daniel Butler is on the line. And good morning to you as well, Daniel. Uh, Good morning, Joe. Good morning, everybody. Joe, you proposed a cross-party motion at this meeting about our festive offering, I mean, not just at Christmas, but during the year as well. But focus on the run-up to Christmas, you know, November, December, and into the early New Year, and your observations on what happened or perhaps didn't happen. I suppose, Joe, where all this stemmed from, and I know we're trying to put Christmas behind us now, we're a couple of weeks into the year, but I suppose there was two specific areas in the city that were identified that we're going to encompass our offering uh, as a city in terms of, you know, over the Christmas period in terms of festivities. One was around the whole Bedford Row area in the heart of the city, which we know is pedestrianised, which is, and a great job has been done there. Uh, and the second was down in Arthur's Quay. Uh, that was going to be the Christmas village. And I suppose what got me thinking was, First of all, I started getting phone calls from people uh, about the whole appearance of the village in Arthur's Quay. We had the ice rink. We were supposed to have the Ferris wheel. That didn't happen. But there was other things there, to be fair, like the the carousel and all sorts of other um, activities. But I suppose when you approached Arthur's Quay, whether you were walking, cycling, driving or whatever, um, the appearance, I thought, was left an awful lot to be desired in terms of it wasn't attractive, it wasn't inviting, it wasn't inspiring, it wasn't putting out this sense of curiosity in terms of the time of the year with young families and young children and so on. And, uh, and I felt while a lot of work would have gone into the planning of the village itself, um, the actual appearance of it in terms of branding um, left an awful lot to be desired. And that just got me thinking then because, you know, we have, you know, you think back, Joe, to the city of culture. It's several, eight years ago now, if not longer, right? Uh, and I often say to myself, you'd often see images of the granny on TV when different things have been shown and so on. It was a fantastic uh, year uh, and so on. But we always think of the granny. And for me, I always ask the question, what was the legacy of the city of culture? It did, for me, instill this sense of pride of place, a sense of confidence in ourselves, who we are as a city, as a county, as a region, and so on. We know we're a city of sport, city of learning, a city of culture, and so on. So we have to build on that. And I've always been saying... The success of the city of culture way back in 2014 would be the legacy and how we build in it. We've now over 100 different ethnicities in Limerick. We're a really culturally diverse uh, uh, population here. And I often feel, are we doing enough to really, I suppose, maximise our potential? Not just about Christmas. I mean, you Googled this morning festivals in Ireland. The Cork Jazz will come up. The Wexford Opera. Galway Arts, the Dublin Horse Show, the Rose of Tralee. And if you Google festivals at Christmas, what comes up? Winterville in Waterford. I only went onto the website this morning to have a look at it again. All enticing, encouraging, inspiring. It would entice you to literally get in the car with the family and the kids and go down there. We have a fantastic website, limerick.ie. And I suppose the whole tenet of the motion that I put in this 
not, it's not to criticise officials, to be fair, right? It's that we work collaboratively together. And that's why I proposed the motion. And I think, to be fair, we did get cross-party support that we can all work together to maximise the potential, whether it's St. Patrick's weekend, whether it's Riverfest, whether it's the October Bank Holiday weekend, whether it's Christmas. I think we can do better and we should do better. OK, it's Councillor Joe Ledden there, as I mentioned. Councillor Daniel Butler is on the line too. And Daniel, in October, we received an email from Limerick City and County Council. It was a, a press release about Limerick's Christmas offering for uh, the Christmas just gone 2022. And it said extra funding has been allocated to create this year's festive atmosphere starting in November and continuing across the month of December in place of a one-off event to turn on the lights in Limerick City Centre. How much of that funding was used, do you know, and did it work? Well, Joe, I think we can all agree it was hard to find where that funding went to, and I suppose that's kind of part of the questions that we asked at the meeting on Monday, is where did that money go? Because the, the launching event is quite a significant event. It's a big family event that people often look forward to fireworks and gathering, and it marks the beginning of Christmas. And it was, I suppose, a relapsing this year, and that was down to the, the works on a con street largely, because that's the main space where you can gather people in, in, in large amounts. And I suppose with, that, with the absence of that, there was a kind of a sense of, you know, that really, it, the Christmas offering never really took off. And I think it, I think we can learn from that, that we definitely need to mark the beginning of Christmas in some way to get things and the momentum going and to get an atmosphere going. Uh, and because, I, know, I, mean, I, I suppose, you know, it, it's a fundamental question really, isn't it? If, if part of the argument for not holding uh, a turning on the light ceremony, which has become a bit of a tradition and, you know, has always gone down well, attracted a lot of families uh, in... Um, and the decision was made, OK, no, but we will do other things and we'll distribute the money differently. And you're saying that you can't really see where the money went. No, I don't think any of us can. I mean, to be fair, you know, I, I think the quality was was lacking. I think the feedback from the general public is they weren't satisfied with the offering was. They, were, they felt it was disappointing. And this is why we're kind of we're bringing it up. And I think it's appropriate that we bring it up now because, you know, from talking to my colleagues, from talking from to other creatives, uh, within the city, they're already being approached for next Christmas show uh, to get quality acts or to get quality elements into uh, a, an offering, whether it be Christmas or whether it be the May Bank holiday or October. You need to be planning a year in advance. And my sense is, I don't know if we're doing that. I suppose as a Fine Gael group, we. Because you mentioned we, we, we've, marquee we've, we've, events and, and marquee names. Well, what did you mean by that? Well, if you, I mean, we have, for example, we have an amazing offering in Limerick, Fidget Fees, which is funded locally and, and offering locally. They're, they're in high demand, Joe, now, and they're growing uh, in their demand and their profile across the country and internationally. So to, to get a group like them, you need to be booking them 12 months in advance, Joe. I mean, the Christmas period is a very short period. People, organizations of that quality, that caliber, get booked up and snapped up very quickly, and rightly so, because they're an amazing organization. And there's other artists locally as well that are in the same situation. So for us, we need to plan ahead. And as a Fine Gael group, that's what we propose. We propose that, you know, early on in the year, we should be able to see, you know, have some sight of what are the key offerings for the, for the first of all, St. Patrick's, second of all, Riverfest, thirdly, the October weekend with Peak Town and that, and finally Christmas. And we should have some sense early on in the year of what they're going to look like. 
because if we don't, we're already in trouble, okay. Joe. And, and I think that's why we're bringing up this conversation in yeah, January. Yeah, uh, yeah. and I, I think I, most people listening would say, right, that does make sense. Let's talk about it now uh, for the whole year, but especially the run into next Christmas. Councillor Joe Lennon, I mean, do you believe that the turning on of the Christmas lights should come back next year or the year coming this year (laughs) absolutely and can i say the amount of phone calls i got from people disappointed we as councillors weren't even informed that the light there wasn't going to be a turning on light ceremony i expected it to happen notwithstanding the work's going on in the con street and we've debated that in this studio many times um i think it was a mistake we could have gone elsewhere we could have gone down in front of city hall where the potato market is we could have gone down to the milk market uh, we could have gone off to the castle. Um, you know, an awful lot of families, myself included, who have young young children. Well, mine aren't so young anymore. But it was always the kickstart of the Christmas season. It was a reason to come into town, and you know, there was music playing, there was acts playing, there was activities, there was a sense of excitement. The the, the actual turning on of the tree. I remember myself many years ago when I was mayor, and uh, in turn, the, the the light ceremony was always there. So I think Jeremy, that was I, I I remember myself and Katrina were asked to do the emceeing one year, and who was standing beside us? Jonah Lumo, the, the late great ab- Jonah Lumo. Ab- absolutely. So look, Joe, it was a mistake in hindsight, but this is why I put in the motion because, you know. You know, we can sit here and, and we can look back, but we have to look forward now and we have to learn from the mistakes. And if we have this cross-party uh, committee or, or workshop uh, up and running, we can actually start planning. Because I only got a call, Joe, would you believe it, before Christmas, ever before uh, we had the issues with the branding and the communications, which I actually think is a key issue across all events. But I only got a call from one of the, the country's largest circus companies to tell me that and we all know now to be fair the circus and our animals are more or less gone from the circus for obvious reasons but the circus is still a huge attraction particularly for families and young children they have never been approached by the council in terms of their plans uh, would they visit the city? He said, unlike Waterford, unlike Cork, unlike Dublin, they always get calls. What are your plans for the year? Would you be able to come to Limerick at such and such a time? And to me, it just goes back to what uh, my colleague said there. It's all about planning. It's all about right. organisation because if we don't do it not only 12 months, but nearly two years okay. in advance for key acts, we won't get them. And Councillor Daniel Butler you're, uh, was uh, mentioned briefly there by Councillor Ledden, but it is important. Um, Sarah Kiley, uh, Finnegale Councillor, was with us on Friday, I think, of last week, and she said she had been informed by senior officials in the council that the revitalisation works would be finished or largely finished in time to allow for certain the St. Patrick's Day Parade in Limerick City Centre to come down O'Connell Street. Is that your understanding? Or will we get a statement in early March going, oh, sorry, that's not going to happen? Well, Joe, it is our understanding, but we had other understandings, as you know, uh, throughout last year. Um, uh, but look, so we are... I suppose, but I suppose my key point in this context is, until that's dealt with, a lot of what the two of you are talking about can't really properly kick off. We have to, Joe. I mean, we have to be able to back ourselves now at this stage. I mean, we can see physically on the street there that there's only the key junctions that need done. There isn't a huge amount of work. We can say reasonably at this stage that at a minimum it'll be more or less there and enough to be done at this stage to be able to have a separate parade going up and down the con street. We cannot go another year without it. It's unacceptable no matter what, no matter what has to be done. So outside, notwithstanding that, we have to get on and plan these key events, these key parts of our, our offering as a city, and we need to do and do and do quickly. Now, I think it's important to know as well, you know, during the Christmas offering, there was a lot of positive 
I thought the King John's Castle was a really excellent offering and it's something that we could potentially grow. I thought the presence of the cabins on Bedford Road was really, really positive about people in around the city. And I think um, we need to look at expanding things like the milk and, market. And, and most, really pe- good and most well. people, I think, have suggested, Joe Ledden, that uh, the ice rink worked in Arthur's Key. Maybe the things around it were more of a question mark. Yeah, without a shadow of a doubt, the ice rink is a huge draw and we're very fortunate to have it. But, I mean, I actually had requested a copy of the event management plan from the company that the, com- the council had brought in, the, the, the contractor, and the event management plan went through everything in detail in terms of what was going to be there. Now, they did say the Ferris wheel was going to be there, but it wasn't there. I think that in itself is a draw and it was another missed opportunity. And did but, you ever get an explanation as to why? Because I know you were criticising the, the straw-coloured um, covering instead of anything branded. But also, why that area of Arthur's Key uh, had um, um, fencing around it at all? But Joe, it's such a unique part of, where, of, of right beside the Curragower Falls, St Mary's Cathedral, King John's Castle, City Hall, I could go on. It's a unique area within the city and what an opportunity we had in terms of either no fencing around it and open it all up or if you are putting fences around, fencing around for maybe security or health and safety reasons, proper branding, even illuminated lighting across it. Light up the trees all around Arthur's Creek. Some of it was lit up, some of it wasn't. So it was like as if we fell at the last hurdle, so to speak. All the planning went into it. When I looked at the event management plan, because I asked for a copy of it there in the last few days prior to the council meeting, it had all the things that you would expect in it in terms of the exhibitors, the health and safety, and so on and so forth. Nothing about branding and communications. And that's, I really do feel, where we're, we're, we're falling down as a city. Um, we're promoting these events and festivals, but I genuinely think we need to be talking to your colleagues not just regionally, but nationally in the media, whether it's the print media, whether it's TV and radio, if we want well, to mean, really maximise and visitors you know, into the city, um, we need it, to tell it, the story outside Dub- of Limerick. Dublin advertises on this radio station. Absolutely. Yeah, well, I, I rest my case. This is what I'm saying. Like, we have a tourism strategy, and I had a second motion in on Monday looking for an update. We adopted a tourism strategy 2019 to 2023, so it finishes this year. We've been told we'll be, we, we'll be brought in later in the year in terms of looking back at a review. That strategy, off the top of my head, was talking about over a million visitors a year, 400 million plus into the economy, something like 1,500 plus mm. new jobs derived and, from events and, and festivals. I, I don't know, has that and, happened? And, and um, Joe Ledden is with me in the studio and Fine Gael Councillor Daniel Butler is on the line. Now, the uh, Atlantic Edge European embrace for Limerick City, that major marketing campaign, to be fair, it was launched literally, I think almost immediately before COVID hit, which clearly was very unfortunate timing, Daniel. But where's it gone? Yeah, Joe, it was. I mean, there was a whole, whole series of events to go and, and, and promote it and use it and to develop it, uh, both nationally and internationally. And I suppose, they're, they're, like Joe, my, my term as mayor last year, there was efforts again to start reigniting that branding and start to get out there again and start to use it. And we did, when we did use it, and, it was, and when I was away in, in the UK or the US, it was received very positively and there was a sense of that this is a good branding and it kind of said a lot about who we are and what we are. So that all that needs to form part of a new of a of a, re, a reinvigoration of it, but also in in parallel. Because I suppose the, the point being that a huge amount of money was well. spent on it, Daniel. A huge yeah. amount of money, uh, you know, and it was justified on the basis that it was going to be rolled out. Clearly, no one can be blamed for COVID, but mm. is it going to be relaunched now? Well, I think that's I think that's all part of this conversation. I mean, the tourism strategy ties in with this as well, which was launched relatively around the same time as well. 
since then we've we've formed a tourism DAC, which is a, a separate entity to try and drive tourism across the city and the county. We've taken ownership of King John's Castle, where we can now use that because it is a jewel in the crown of Limerick City to be able to use that to its full advantage. So there is a lot happening at the moment, and I, I would hope that we start to see some real delivery. Though now, I mean, we can say that last year was a part of a kind of a full emergence from COVID and a recovery from that. We have an inflation uh, as well challenge, but this year now we really not just need to see starting delivery. Right. And, and um, the emergence of the brand and of tourism and of all these festival offerings to make Limerick what it is. Because we all know Limerick has a, has a hell of a lot to offer and we all need to get okay. behind this and uh, be part of that. And I'm wondering, Councillor Ledna, one of the things that made Riverfest an initial success was that that was a relatively new public holiday. And Limerick was ahead of the curve, to be fair, in getting Riverfest up and running. And it, it attracted people from all over the country in those initial years. Mm. Two things come to mind. It's too late for this year. But we have a bank holiday in February that most people have forgotten about. And you'd wonder, could we exploit that uh, in the future? It's too late now. It's only a couple of weeks away. But also, do you know what Riverfest is going to look like this year? Well, I presume, to be fair, uh, it'll be very similar to previous years in terms of the various different activities and, of course, taking advantage of our, one of our greatest natural assets, namely the River Shannon, and, and a lot of activities in terms of water activities w- w- will obviously form part of it. Obviously, you have the Great Limerick Run. I was involved in the organising of that myself for many years, which is a huge part of the uh, the weekend. But on the subject of Riverfest, and it's a fantastic time of the year because the weather is nice, people are, want to get out and about, and it's the one thing we learned back to the city of culture was, you know, people will respond if events and festivals are put on. It's like an old saying my late father used to say, put the church in the middle of the parish and we'll all go to Mass. If you put on the right event, if you put on the right festival, people will respond. And in the context of Riverfest, it's perfectly timed. It's over a bank holiday weekend. The weather is normally uh, very nice and uh, so people will come out and about. Um, but again, I had, I, as of now, you're asking me a straight question. I don't have oversight of a festival that's literally only probably, what, four months right. away. So, my question is, after the meeting, what assurances were you given that you you and the other councils would get a full briefing and when? So, we were told at Monday's Metropolitan Council meeting that uh, the motion was, as I said, the motion I'd put in both in terms of a review of the tourism strategy and where we go from here, that, that we're going to be briefed on that. Uh, we weren't given a specific time frame, but there was agreement on the second motion that a workshop will be set up with representatives of all councils across parties and no parties to work with officials and to talk about the various different uh, uh, opportunities that that we can maximise over the different bank holiday weekends as they come along. And the other point that just brings to mind as well as Joe, the amount of traders that contacted me over the Christmas, you know, uh, right across the city saying, look, we want to be involved. We want to be part of what's happening. Uh, I, I, I referenced the traders there in, in High Street, uh, whether it's the publicans, whether it's the restaurateurs, whether it's the retail shops, and what they did up there. And they're constantly coming with ideas to attract people mm. down onto the street. And they need the support of, of, of council. Okay. All right. Well, listen, thank you both very much. We'll be coming back to you and to others on this because it was of enormous interest over Christmas and there was a lot of chat about it uh, on the air and off the air here. And uh, clearly people want to know where we're going for 2023. Labour Councillor Joe Ledden and Fine Gael Councillor Daniel Butler. Your views, your news, your Limerick Today with Joe Nett on Live 